Hello fiends, welcome to the show. This episode of Fiendish Minds sees the return of my very first guest, Alice J. Black. She's here to talk about her novella series Soul Seekers, which has just been compiled into a huge omnibus edition with Parliament House Press. Alice is a great writer, she's a friend of mine, it's always great to catch up with her. So sit back and relax, you're in safe hands. Hi Alice, nice to have you back. Hello, thanks for having us back. Uh, I had to think about it like us. Should we? Should we not? <laughs> was it that bad? <laughs> I don't think you were that bad. I, d- I definitely was, though. I, m- I missed entire questions. Uh, it oh, was a hard one to listen back to. Eh? We can cover them today. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to. You're back at work at the minute. What's What's going on with you? No, I'm still working from home. Um, with a potential view to going back part time so that'd be quite nice because then I think I'll get both best of both worlds maybe so mm. working out of the office seeing other people being out of the house a little bit and yeah. then being able to work from home so I still kind of get a little bit of that which is I think quite nice and just yeah. having that space and time for myself as well definitely I know you're a right coffee fiend have you raided the coffee shops yet since they opened back up only a couple of times <laughs> Um, I actually just I've been out to have a Costa a day which was lovely um, but I'm just waiting for the local shops to open a little bit more really and I'm still kind of a little bit wary I guess and sort of conscious of where I am and who's around I think yeah. as every, everybody probably is at the minute yeah but I'm looking forward to um, enjoying some more coffee in the near future. I'm seeing people in the pubs and I, I just like there's a nice pub that I see on my walk Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like at the end point of my walk. So it would be a nice midway point to just nip in and have a pint and then walk back. Yeah. And I just can't get back to normal yet. I just can't see myself sitting amongst people yet. Like No, and I think the atmosphere in a pub, it'll be totally different. Mm. Um, you'll, again, I just think you'll be conscious of who's around you, what's going on, how many drinks have people had. And I think for me, it's I'm not quite there yet. I'm, mm. I'm happy to get a cup and have a wander around. I think I had my most cringy Geordie moment the other day, by the way, you'll appreciate this. Okay. Uh, the other evening, uh, Saturday night, I was uh-huh. taking a walk along the riverside, so I'm right next to the River Tyne, mm-hmm. and I was putting a decent bit of pace on. And can right. you remember when they brought our Vidazin pet back a few years ago, and yeah. uh, Dire Straits or Mark Knopfler, did it, they did a theme tune for it called Why I Man. Mm-hmm. There was a, a cover band on blasting that out, and I was pretty much, I know I could hear it in the distance. I thought, what, what the fuck, where's that coming from? And then I noticed I was kind of walking in time with it. So here's this Geordie <laughs> next to the River Tyne with YI Man blasting. And I just felt like a walking cliche. Like, I love it. I would have just needed like a black and white football top on. And, <laughs> I was, and so I had to actually alter the pace that I was walking. So I wasn't walking in time with it anymore. <laughs> And I just I've got to get the fuck out of here because I can't stand the, <laughs> the weight of the jodiness of this moment. I, co- I couldn't stand it. Yeah, <laughs> that's intense. <laughs> I didn't ask you the last time you were on. We, we, you know, we didn't really talk about genre because I was so nervous and I just kind of skimmed through. So I'm glad we've got you back on quickly so I can kind of, you know, 
fill in some of the cracks. And I never asked you, where do you see your work fitting in the, in the sort of the spectrum of genres? I got a business card printed a while ago and on it, it says Alice J. Black, horror and young adult author. Hmm. So I think personally, I write a lot of sort of dark fantasy, I would say, aimed at a younger audience. I'd love to say I was an out and out horror writer because that's what I love. That's what I love reading. That's actually Mm. what I love writing. But I think what I find with horror is that it's a really intense thing to write. Like when I wrote The Devil's Playground, which was my first standalone horror novel, I kind of found that it took a lot out of us. It took a lot of going backwards and forwards. And I found that because I was delving into a really dark place, it was intense and Mm. as much as I love it I think I've got to kind of be in the right mindset for that but I I would say I always lean towards the dark side of genres anyway whether it's supernatural paranormal like sort of psychological horror I always kind of write in the darker vein of genres I would say yeah and Mm. you're at the minute you're promoting the soul seekers omnibus on you so yeah all your novellas for Soul Seekers have been collected into one volume. That's yeah. 10 of them? There's 11 in total because there's like a prequel um, which goes with it. So 11 novellas. And then there's going to be a couple of like extra short stories in amongst the collection um, as a little bonus as well. Yeah. So where does Soul Seekers fit for you then? Who's that aimed at? I would definitely say adult audiences. Um, there are some adult themes lots of kissing that sort of thing I I think sometimes even the relationship between Mm. Peyton and Olivia is something maybe is not for a younger audience but I would say it's for those who like reading probably supernatural anything ghosty who like the kind of darker side of stuff yeah so tell us tell the listeners a little bit about the book then so saucy guys it actually originated I don't know if you remember yourself Jack but with Dog Chapter Press Mm -hmm. when I was tasked amongst seven other women to write about a strong female lead and I wrote a short story and from that I kind of that's where Peyton originally grew from where she had her own business and her and Olivia were out hunting ghosts and saving the world and that appeared in Eight Deadly Kisses which was a fantastic mm. anthology mm. Um, and what I found was as I was writing that and as I was reading it back and editing how much I loved the characters how much yeah. Peyton resonated with me how much I loved their connection and the friendship and everything that went with it and I felt like I just had something mm-hmm. um and our story just kind of grew from there really and I thought I want to make this something that other yeah. people can enjoy and it's sort of serialized and that's how the novellas originally started and I, I actually wrote like sort of the 10 novellas quite quickly in succession and then I found a, a submission call where it, it, it basically asked for addiction horror, kind of right. looking in the, so anybody who was addicted to alcohol, drugs, that kind of thing, um, in their story. And for me, that was a perfect fit for Peyton's backstory, which mm. has actually become the League of Madness. It wasn't accepted at that press, but what I found was that it's found a brilliant home in Parliament House because mm. they accepted the League of Madness and then the subsequent 10 novellas as as a set as a series and they kind of originally came out two monthly so it was like a really big whirlwind process of writing editing and then getting out there yeah Mm -hmm. that's been some work I I didn't realize that it actually started with the the story in Eight Deadly Kisses which I loved I remember the story and I loved it Mm -hmm. I actually thought that 
you must have had all of the others kind of set up do you know what I mean it because it, it yeah. felt like it just belonged as part of something yeah. so I didn't realize that was actually the first work you'd the done beginning. on that series yeah because mm -hmm. yeah, I, I really enjoyed it and I was pleased to know that you that you were doing something with it but I actually thought it had come further down the line so yeah. had you written the whole lot before it found its home with Parliament Press yeah i wrote them all and then i submitted the league of madness for consideration in mm -hmm. at, at the time parliament press were quite a, a small well they're a small press but they were quite new i didn't know what they were accepting yeah and i just queried and said i know you're looking for novels but i've got a series of novellas would you be interested it's this genre and instantly she kind of said absolutely send us the first one we'll have a look and i got a response quite quickly saying look will want to take them on which was really exciting and i think although it's not my first sort of piece to be published or anything like that, i think it's just it's been such a lot of work gone into it yeah. and it's it feels like something that's really close to my heart and i, I love that one publisher has taken that on and taken so much pride in it and took took a whole series to where it can be now yeah and how did you stop the idea from getting so big that you couldn't write it you know you've obviously had this idea the ideas come to you with the characters actually further down the line in their story so you've had to go back yeah. how do you stop yourself from tripping over that a very good editor <laughs> um <laughs> i think what i had in my head for soul seekers was the locations because of the the location for each novella is very unique i think and in my head i wanted somewhere very original for each of them so i kind of had a list almost of places i wanted her to be ghost hunting or where i wanted there to be an issue almost and from that point that kind of almost determined the number of novellas i was going to have and i kind of just worked on it from there so i kind of started from the beginning worked all the way through and then went back to do a backstory which was the League of Madness. There's some things that really stuck out to me about Peyton as a character as well. And this is rather than me asking you a question, I'm going to lavish praise on you really now. <laughs> but there, there's some really lovely touches that I picked up on there that made Peyton so real. Things like her measuring, the way that she measures time. Mm -hmm. Throughout the day, she's measuring time in drinks, really, isn't she? Like her day, she doesn't notice really the yeah. time. It's it's all to do with drinks, even non-alcoholic ones. And you capture the sensory experience of those drinks, the smells, the feelings in the throat and the stomach really, really well, especially the coffee, I noticed, by the way, Alice. <laughs> well, that's because I'm a connoisseur. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I noticed you managed to get some of yourself in there. But also yeah. then uh, in the broader expanse of time, she's measuring it in her recovery chips, which I just thought, you know, mm -hmm. It was you've done that so consistently in there i thought that was really well done thanks and in the the league of madness a thing that jumped out at me straight away was how for us for a supernatural story the way that it's almost like she haunts her own life the first ghost we find really is kind of her because yeah. the tragedy that's happened in her family and her family life being cut off and it's like she haunts the ruins of her own family house doesn't she and um so the, the the moments where she longs for sort of a family life she's her own ghost in those moments that yeah. I, I thought i don't know if i'm reading too much into it but it really struck me and i was like jesus christ this is good it's mm -hmm. so that's what i took from it but the the experience of her alcoholism you've you've really captured it so vividly how did you get that that depth and and insight into into alcoholism as a as a condition 
probably primarily because of where I used to work um, and the sort of people that I used to work with. And I've kind of seen how it affects lives and how it can break up families and basically how it can rule your life. And I think I've just picked up a lot from that over the years. I kind of read a couple of books and things. I know, I know information about like AA. And so that for me was kind of an already background knowledge base, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It definitely comes through and you, and you don't shy away from it, like the chaos of her lifestyle, mm-hmm. particularly in the early, early stages of it. Yeah. And she's very lucky to have a good friend like Olivia to help yeah. guide her through it. So obviously the, the reality-based side of it, the, the reality base of the, of the character or the more day-to-day aspects of that, obviously you, you've had work in that field in the past, but I wondered about the supernatural side of it. And have mm-hmm. you had any supernatural experiences yourself? Oh, that's a good question. Um, not, not as such. I have seen some things that I've not been able to explain. Um, we... Me and my partner often go out, we like doing ghost hunts, mm-hmm. which we haven't been able to do for a long time. But one of the most um, memorable ones was actually we went to Kielder Castle one night with a group of strangers. And I remember we kind of did a lot of this stuff as a group, um, you're kind of calling out, trying to get people to talk to you using the, the ghost box and stuff. But actually, we at one point went for just a walk around I was snapping away with my camera because they kind of say if you do that and it it sort of flashes can show things up and I brought up all these photographs in this sort of it's like it was like a a converted loft almost and there was actually a shape of two children standing in the back of this room like a little boy and girl and I mean you can clearly see it it's 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 very much there and I think for me that was very like it sort of sits with you it, yeah. it was creepy, but in a really fantastical way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, I so you weren't shitting yourself. Not then. I mean, <laughs> the next day when I saw it, I was like, what were we doing? <laughs> um, but we did a ghost hunt once at Jedburgh Jail as well, which was really creepy because you were standing in the men's block in pitch black, hand to hand with strangers, with the jail cells behind you. And... I don't know if it was just because it was dark or what, but I could feel something there and it was so intense and it was so quiet. It was mm. the most unsettling experience. It was brilliant. There's something about the borders area as well, isn't there? Like up at Jedburgh and yeah. Kelso and places like that. There's a lot mm. of sort of Tudor and Elizabethan history up there, isn't there? A lot of conflict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think some of those old like border Riva buildings and things like that and the jail houses like like where you visited, there's something really kind of haunting about those places anyway, and a lot of mm-hmm. battlefields up there too. Definitely. The rituals that appear in the Soul Seeker stories, mm-hmm. are they things, are they products of your imagination or did you get some research into sort of Wiccan practices and things like that? More research, I would say. I mean, I've got kind of books at home that I like to buy things sometimes and have a, have a read and like sort of learn a bit more about certain things. And I've done, I did quite a lot of that for, for Soulseek, as I guess, books about witchcraft. Um, I do have a couple of books on like ghosts and ghost hunting, books on like mystical creatures, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think all that sort of thing and certainly some of the shows I watch sometimes kind of lend themselves to that a little bit. Just good. Go on, what, what have you been watching? Recently, Supernatural. Oh. We're just catching up with that. But I love stuff like that, which kind of rooted in the darkness. And I just think it's quite interesting because that's kind of where I would write 
in that sort of genre as well so it's always appealing very good how does it feel then now that you've obviously you you published the the last novella a while ago but you know this collecting all all these stories up in one volume yeah it's kind of a bit of a goodbye i suppose to to those characters how does that feel sad like i'm really excited that the collection's going to be out there that i'm going to have this amazing book that I'm going to be able to have in my hands and be able to show people but Peyton and Olivia were like a really big part of my life for a long time and I think they still are and I think I might struggle to let them go a little bit I think there's just something a little bit special about Peyton that I'll Mm. miss and a determination and everything she's kind of overcome to get to where she is yeah so maybe not that I'm saying that there ever will be another one, but maybe even if I write that for myself, I just think maybe our story isn't quite finished. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? Heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did wonder if you were going to be able to fully <laughs> put the series down, but I think it's difficult because you've written the characters, you know them so well, they become like friends almost, and yeah. letting that go is a little bit. It's harder than I thought, actually. It, it, it's kind of hit us a little bit that tomorrow or when, you know, when it comes out, it's going to be that's it. And it's a bit, it is sad. Yeah. And just for listeners to know, at, at the point that you're hearing this, the book is out. So there'll be links on the on the show notes for you so you can go grab your copy today. But yeah, I, I can imagine it would be weird. You see, for me, I have to finish a story mm-hmm. to be able to have this feeling. <laughs> And since I can't finish any work, since I can't leave anything alone. But yeah, I think, you know, you've spent a lot of time. And I think as well, the nature of the friendship that you've created in those characters and that you develop with those characters, it's easy to see why, you know, when you've said they feel like kind of friends to you, I can see why that would be the case, really. Yeah. Because you've spent so much time developing that that friendship between them. Mm-hmm. The thing that struck me about it was the way that you've embedded the stories in the real world. So we've got these supernatural events happening to people who feel really real. How do you think horror fiction can help us make sense of the world around us? Oh, that's a very deep question. Isn't it? But yeah. I think in our time, when you think about it, you know, we've talked before about how 2020 feels like a fucking horror movie anyway. Yeah. Um, and, you know, how does what we read in that help make sense of that, do you think? I think the thing with horror is it, it kind of sometimes brings to life things that you don't expect to happen sometimes I mean obviously the supernatural and stuff a lot of people are skeptical a lot of people wouldn't believe in ghosts or hauntings anything paranormal that sort of thing Mm. but I think sometimes it kind of casts a grey area between what could happen what is happening what's reality what's not and can almost kind of prepare you for actually the world can become a really dangerous and scary place this is what could happen in some ways whether it's ghosts or an apocalypse you know the end of the world and maybe it's not that far away so it kind of gives you that not uh, almost like a preparation like not to assume that everything's going to be perfect all the time Mm. like I don't know just being aware that reality can be harsh that that there are things out there that can be dangerous and can harm you and can harm the people around you and it's not always kind of flowers and butterflies I don't know yeah and then I guess the beauty of it is that you do get to close the book or you do get to f- switch the movie off don't you and yeah go back to your comfortable life mm-hmm. with a little bit of uh, 
but what if bit of perspective a bit of different sort of knowledge or thinking maybe yeah yeah i guess yeah, yeah. And, and to go through something that's really intensely frightening i guess and something that feels like it couldn't happen in real life but you've gone through the emotional experience of surviving it in your mind through reading the story mm-hmm. i guess that does prepare you in some small way doesn't it takes you to the brink but then you get yeah. a step away from the brink yeah whereas in real life if you hit that brink you ain't stepping back from it yeah yeah well alice i know that you've got uh, some promotional activity on this evening mm-hmm. so i want to let you get prepared for it so thanks for coming on again it's been a pleasure we've just belted through it i thought we were gonna i thought oh we've probably got an hour or something but we've belted through it and i suppose it it, it's good that we've made good time because i know you've got a big twitter event this evening thank you (laughs) so obviously like i've said listeners the book is out now but for you alice as we speak i hope the launch goes really well and it's a great set of stories i hope lots of people enjoy it i'll be doing my bit at my end to push it for you and hopefully you'll find lots of new readers So best of luck and I'll catch you again soon. Talk to you soon. There you go, everyone. Just a short episode today. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Grab your copy of The Soul Seekers Omnibus by following the link in the show notes below. It'll take you across to this episode's page on my site and you'll find links there. It'll take you directly to the book on Amazon. Don't forget to subscribe. Give this episode a like for me. Drop a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Remember, you can take Fiendish Minds podcast with you wherever you go. So wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple Podcasts, Google, CastBox, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure you give us a subscribe and tell your friends. Catch you next time.